0: Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And <laughs> <laughs> that was probably way off tune, but you should uh, you should you you get the gist. Um, we're doing
1: uh, a Looney Tunes movie today. Yes. Um you'll have to guess which one, because we won't tell you. We're just gonna describe it for the next 90 minutes uh no so we are doing the uh better one uh which is uh looney tunes back in action um yes of course the uh, majority of uh, film goers did not think it was a better one hence why we are uh <laughs> reviewing it today <laughs> yeah and i will say um we're,
0: we're never gonna do fucking space jam that that is a that is a trash movie it is not even ironically good um I think the only lasting contribution that it had to culture is that it gave furries Lola Bunny. Yeah, um, that's true. And honestly, go furries. I'm all behind. If if that's your thing, I'm all, I'm all for it. But otherwise, uh, Space Jam is trash. It's just
1: a meme movie, and this movie's better. Well, the only other contribution to the culture would be those T-shirts you can buy at Walmart that have like <laughs> uh, hip-hop uh, bugs, Daffy yes. and Taz. Yeah, that's the only. But that, that's it. That's that's not even Space Jam. That's just like
0: weird 90s like mashup culture with with looney
1: tunes yeah right? that's true so it's just lola that's it yeah <laughs> yeah <That's
0: laughs> so what movie we're we doing today this is this is um this is a you episode for sure
1: yes um it is directed by joe dante uh you might know the him King. for films like uh explorers or matinee or Erie, indiana no just kidding you know him oh, for or oh, you know gremlins like <laughs> <laughs> yes gremlins gremlins 2 uh i mean uh, small soldiers of course small soldiers so, yeah that was um, that which was is good. interesting i was looking at his filmography small soldiers is the last theatrical film he made before this one well that tracks
0: went was was small soldiers 99 98 or... so
1: he has quite a gap there he has 1998 yeah with small soldiers and then 2003 with Looney Tunes back in action um he directed some tv here and there um mm-hmm. but i don't know i mean I, I think he's had always like a contentious um dynamic with studios i think that's you, kind of what you can always see in his his films post like early 80s
0: yeah that that was what i was gonna say like he he always struck me um in like the course of his career and and what i've gleaned from you just because you've you've talked to me about him endlessly um he always seems like this guy that like i don't want to say like an art house director but definitely kind of an underground director who just weirdly made it big with like fucking gremlins and it just it was kind of this four quadrant hit that um that was also really good but it was it also played well to general audiences and um he kind
1: of seems like he was uncomfortable with like the level of fame that it got him i think Um, he was um so a bit of backstory for joe dante um he started with roger corman um with uh i believe editing roger corman trailers and then films uh hmm. he was then given the ability to direct a few roger corman films uh most notably piranha um well, actually, no, oh, yes. I don't think Piranha is a, a, a Corman. I think that's actually when he starts to become more, quote-unquote, mainstream. Um, so he has a film, Hollywood Boulevard, which I think is one of his first Corman films, um, which is kind of a, a, a pastiche film, exploitation slasher that takes place in uh, Hollywood. Um, and then he kind of breaks out with Piranha um, and then mm-hmm. The Howling, and then gremlins and so on and so forth um i'm actually really interested to see the halloween that's that uh werewolf movie right yes yeah yeah um yeah. it takes place in california and it has the, uh, the actress d wallace who is the uh, mother in et actually yes yeah yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> yeah it's a great movie um his early films are amazing um yeah, I think it's pretty apparent after Gremlins, he, you know, when he starts making films like Explorers, like I mentioned before, and Inner Space, that um, he's just he's not a filmmaker for of his time. You know, he he's like this filmmaker Definitely. who kind of uh, his his tastes ended somewhere in like the fifties or uh, sixties and was never able to evolve past that. But I I mean, that just shows, you know, that he, he's a unique talent. I just don't Mm -hmm. think the rest of Hollywood thinks that unfortunately. I thought
0: of an insufferable analogy that you're going to hate me for, but <laughs> it, it is, it is very appropriate. He, he's like the captain America of, of American directors, right? Yeah, like he, he's a man, he <laughs> a man, a man out of time. <laughs> and like, he, he adheres to this old school aesthetic and sensibility that, um, that really resonates like just dis- kind of like despite of, and because of like the modern, um, sensibilities of today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and just like end game, uh, Joe Dante is, uh, more or less dead now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, he's still alive, folks. But yeah, he he he's doing that podcast with Josh Olson. Right? Yes, uh, trailers from hell, uh, yeah. which started as his website, trailers from hell. Um, mm. Pretty active still. Uh, he has other uh, horror and pulp and cult directors on to talk about uh, different movies from basically the '40s to now. Um, yeah. You know, it's not always horror films either. It's, um, but it's generally, I would say, like cult films. Um, we should de- we we definitely have to add Josh Olson.
0: I think we could um, maybe get some traction with with him on this episode because he's even Joe Dante. They're both on Twitter. They're, they're both very online. Yeah. They're both on Twitter. So, like, <laughs> damn it, guys, uh, we love you. Josh Olson also shout out. He he wrote the screenplay for um, A History of Violence, which That's right. that that um, who's the director? Uh, the the guy yeah it's Cronenberg but it's it's adapted from from a graphic novel that's actually that's actually really good but it's I've seen both I I, I've read the graphic well I guess you have seen both you do use your eyes to read I've seen both in reality (laughs) but I I have I've read the graphic novel I've seen the movie and I think it is a successful and um and, and good and faith like thematically faithful adaptation of the source material
1: yeah, it's been a while for both of those, but um, I remember mm-hmm. enjoying uh, both the film and the, and the mm-hmm. uh, comic book. Um, so back to Looney Tunes, back in action. So right. uh, the film stars Brendan Fraser. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, really Hell yes. one of his last big budget films as well. It really was. Um,
0: it was before The Mummy 3.
1: Yeah. Yeah, The Mummy 3 is after that. Um, that's something like, oh, eight. I don't know. I'm making oh, it up. Yeah. Is it really? It is. A oh, eight, damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it,
0: that was ingrained in your mind from the, the episode that yes, we did on the Mummy yes. 3. <laughs> uh,
1: go to our uh, SoundCloud folks and uh, check that out or wherever <laughs> you listen <laughs> to podcasts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also stars Jenna Elfman from Dharma and Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. She's been in some other stuff since then, but I mean, that's really all I, I think of what I think Jenna Elfman That's literally all I know her from. (laughs) Steve Martin uh, from uh, uh, being a famous uh, banjoist, uh, of course. uh, (laughs) Yes. And films like The Jerk, I guess, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Heather Locklear, uh, Joan Cusack, Timothy Dalton, Bill Goldberg. um, And then Joe Alasky uh, is the voice of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. I think he does a bunch of other voices, but those are the two most relevant for this film. Um, yep. then we have some lesser knowns here uh, Don Stanton and, and Dan Stanton who play the Warner brothers <laughs> incredible
0: Are they the twins from the Terminator 2 the um the security guard that um Robert Patrick kills with like like he he oh, transforms into yeah. him Yeah, they might he, be
1: I think it's we, we have to do some of our live <laughs> action research right now They might also that would be, be in Gremlins 2 Um, Because there's two fat twins with Christopher Lee in the lab in Gremlins too.
0: Okay. Yes. Okay. It's it it. They are from Gremlins and they're also from Terminator Two. Amazing. So we totally called that. Yeah. Amazing.
1: So actually, I put them in the wrong category here. I should have put them in my Dante regulars category. Sorry, folks. Yes. Um. But just rounding out (laughs) the starring cast, we have uh, Ron Perlman. If you ever heard of that guy, whatever. Um, a Pete Buttigieg supporter, infamous you know. Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does
0: get e- eaten by Tasmanian devil though yeah. in this movie. Yeah, which is good. so
1: retribution. Um, yeah. then we have some amazing cameos. We have Matthew Willard yeah. as himself, yes. uh, Jeff Gordon as himself, and then yeah. Michael Jordan via archival footage from Space Jam
0: um which is an alpha move to do that just to, to rip that footage from space jam and
1: put it in here uh, it's great i mean he had no interest i'm sure it's, i'm sure they asked him and he was like no Fuck it's that. wild <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's why this film was made because they wanted to do a space jam 2 forever and ever but the only reason it never happened is because michael jordan said no i mean they're they're working on space jam 2 now right yeah i think with lebron was, god that, that's the yeah
0: Insufferable movie in the world. Yeah,
1: it'll be. It will not be. Looney Tunes back in action. I will tell you that. No. um No. 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 And then rounding out the uh, the cast with some Dante regulars. Here we have uh, Roger Corman himself, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Picardo. Um, if you've seen him, you know him. Uh, great character actor. Um, we have Kevin McCarthy, who is an old film actor uh, in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original. And then uh, R.I.P. to our boy Dick Miller who I think yes. is in every single Joe Dante film, even like Joe Dante uh, TV shows and uh, mm-hmm. Joe Dante made for TV movies.
0: They have a really like a really cool and heartwarming relationship. Like is, isn't is there a Dante quote? He's like, yeah, as long as I make a movie, I like this guy and we get along <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll just give him work because he's good at what he does
1: and he's my buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is great. They, they met on, um, you know, Roger Corman sets, um, uh, joe dante didn't direct nor did i think he edit the film but um dick miller starred in uh, one of Roger corman's films called bucket of blood um mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great gobble gobble one of us <laughs> no what that's freaks. that's fr- okay I can that's way that. before bucket of blood is like somewhere out. in the 60s
0: <laughs> but that, that's still a joe dante thing right
1: um no <laughs> Is there is there any connection, or am I just insane? I mean, I'm sure he's referenced Freaks in one of his movies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That, that was a deep cut. There you go. Deep I'm cut, folks. <laughs> um, the movie Freaks. Uh, go, go check it out. Great one. This
0: is this is why Lewis does the movie trivia on the yeah, show? Yeah,
1: and this is why Nick does the literary trivia, uh, because <laughs> yeah. I don't read, so. Uh.
0: <laughs> you read the subtitles in your movies. Here we go.
1: I did for this one, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, th- this movie is kind of like the quintessential pro con pick, right? Because uh, the budget um, was eighty million, it only made back sixty eight point five oh, million. Jesus, yeah. Um, Tomato meter 56 50- percent, and the audience score is an even fifty. Um, so yeah, like th- like this is the ideal pro con pick, right? Like not not awful, the kind of so bad it's good bullshit, and not like an ironic meme movie like Space Jam, but also not good.
1: Like like are not like well received. Right, right, yeah. This is um this is our lifeblood for sure. This keeps us going. A film like this every once in a while. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny though. I think this might be the only Joe Dante film that we'll do. Um, the only one that has a negative reception outside of this film would be Burying the X, starring Anton Yelchin and Alexandra Daddario um I'm, I'm into it so it far it is un- like, it's <laughs> unwatchable though it's i i shut it off after five minutes i i don't know why okay. he made this film i think like literally someone just had like a screenplay and they they like emailed it to him and he was like well i haven't done anything in a while i'll direct this yeah and then that was sure, it. sure.
0: <laughs> um folks for for lewis to turn off a dante movie is it, it must be dog shit but that, that's all i can yeah say nice. i mean
1: like if you just sat someone down put this movie on and told them nothing about it and like maybe skip the opening credits that might say joe dante's name um you you just think like it was just another you know video on demand director uh it's just there's nothing dante-esque about it at all sure except that it's a zombie movie
0: interesting okay um so, yeah, we do have a selection of a review here um, from our boy, Jonathan Rosenbaum. Oh, wow. This is Joe Dante and Jonathan Rosenbaum. <laughs> this is like, this is Lewis's jam yeah. right well, here. Jonathan Rosenbaum um, actually,
2: loves
1: him. He loves Joe Dante. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you, want to, do you want to take it away? Read the, read the, read yeah, the quote Yeah, sure.
1: Um, so, Jonathan Rosenbaum, Chicago Reader, uh, now retired, um, but this is probably... Well, this is the last few years of his career, so he retired, I think, in 08, so yeah, he had about five more years after this. He's not by any means, like, super old or anything, I think he just, he'd been doing it forever he just sure. he felt like uh, retiring, but he still he does like a top 10 list every year um, and he, he yeah. gets commissioned to do some pieces about films once in a while. Um, I, I don't think he's written a book recently, but he has a few good books about film. Um, so definitely check out John the Robesbaum's work. Um, he has a blog that's just like his name. You can find it. It's very bare bones. Mm. Um, but here he writes Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck co-star with Brendan Fraser and Jenna Elfman in this spirited, quintessential, and often hilarious Saturday matinee romp by Joe Dante. The movie scavenges from Who Framed Roger Rabbit for its mix of animated and live-action characters and from the Austin Power movies for its espionage spoof and over-the-top villain, Steve Martin. But actually it's more indebted to 50s and early 60s pop cinema, Frank Tashlin's Son of Paleface*. Hope and Crosby's Road to Bali and assorted cartoon horror and sci-fi touchstones of the period referenced both in Larry Doyle's script and in peripheral visual details. I had a ball. I mean, that last sentence, <laughs> I had a ball. is like, perfect. It's it's great.
0: Yeah. It, that's all you need. It's, it's um, you,
1: you will all have a ball if you watch it. Mm-hmm. We promise you folks.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I can see why audiences of, of 2003, wouldn't latch on to this because that i mean i i think we've alluded to this but i don't know if we've kind of said the sentiment that we have um explicitly in other in other episodes but like the the aughts sucked (laughs) as a decade like just like really awful time um, for both cinema and all of us but (laughs) yeah like, like politically of course but culturally definitely um and in the early aughts especially it was just like a very weird time for not only for movies, but for kind of like retro um revivals of, of or rather revivals of retro properties. I know there were like dime a dozen. Um Yeah. There were like those like, um
1: new Scooby Doo shows yeah. and um the movies where the monsters were real actually. Do you remember those? <laughs> yes. Um things like that. I th- the, like there was like a Rocky and
0: Bullwinkle movie. There was oh, like shit. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, like all all those old kind of classic Hanna-Barbera and Looney well, Warner Brothers, like, properties were revived just probably as, like, really cynical
1: attempts to hold on to the licenses longer. Yeah. Um, Just a quick aside here about Rocky and Bowwinkle. So I'm from Long Island, which I think I've alluded to before, and mm -hmm. there was a Rocky and Bowwinkle... I don't want to call it, like, theme park because that would be overselling it but it was kind of like yeah well it was kind of like a Chuck E. cheese but rocky and Boinkle themed um there was one small roller coaster outside um but yeah it's it's closed now i believe i saw the rocky and Boinkle movie for my birthday and then me and my friends went there to this uh Chuck E. cheese like <sighs> uh rocky and Boinkle attraction Oof. <laughs> that is that is like a lynch film that is like- <laughs> 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 it's
0: like some evil energy there it's long Island in a nutshell, yeah, but um, I do, I,
1: and who knows why it was open on long island honestly uh really strange, but might as well <laughs> I,
0: mean, I know like um universal studios islands of adventure has like they they have like a rocky and bullwinkle like section yeah in like mm-hmm. a um kind of that that kind of whole property section of of like their attractions but um but yeah more more to the point like that that weird kind of amorphous, shitty aughts decade. Um, people's uh, sensibilities would not be attuned to a Joe Dante uh, Looney no. Tunes revival flick.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, it's a match made in heaven. Like, he loves yeah. everything about Looney Tunes and Mar- Married Melodies. Uh, you know, yes. Chuck Jones, Mel Blanc, Tex Avery. These people were, you know, Dante's heroes, more or less. He started, mm-hmm. I think, as an animator, um, but that didn't really work out for him. Uh, So then he became a film editor and then, of course, a film director. Um, But, yeah, I think it's just like, you know, by this time we have um, producers who want more or less total control, studios who want total control of films. Um, We have films that have to be made for multiplexes and, 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 you know, global markets by 2003. Um, You know, it it was said in an interview with um, Den of Geek uh, that Dante really didn't get final cut on this film. He even said, I think this might be just like a cheeky thing he said. He said, by the way, the finished movie has a different beginning, middle and end from the one I started out to make. <laughs> so it's like was anything Joe Dante's in this movie? I mean, I think the spirit was, but that, that that's a very like
0: laconic kind of like Chuck Jones like joke, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um but yeah, I I think the only thing that we we both don't like about this movie is that the ending really loses steam. Um, it, it's it's a it's a wild romp. There's like a lot of things that happen, but like towards the end, it it does feel very um like thrown together, kind of like very like like slapdash, like like just get it out of get it
1: out of production and into theaters. Yeah, and and you know I think it's also um thematically it makes sense too because it will and we'll talk about this when we get there. But it, it, they go to space at the end, and really like Looney Tunes, yeah. Merry Melody stuff really never dealt with space all that much besides Duck Dodgers. Um, Which of course we see, um, you know. There, it's just I don't know. It's just like a weird place for Looney Tunes. Even *Marvin the Martian*, who
0: who does who's one of the antagonists in in the climax. um, To the best of my knowledge, like all of his space stuff was very like ground based. Like it was on a planet or on a moon or on an asteroid or something. Like there, he had a spaceship, but like there
1: there wasn't like a lot of spaceship action to the best of my ability, to the the best of my memory. Yeah. I mean, Looney Tunes started in, I believe, the 30s, you know, Um, and of course uh i'm sure marvin the martian was introduced somewhere let's say 40s 50s 50s i think would make sense you know just in terms of sci-fi yeah, spa- um, retro space age kind yeah of thing. but i mean he was never my favorite anyway and, and duck dodgers was never all that interesting but yeah um we're getting ahead of ourselves here uh <laughs> but yeah the ending loses steam and is fairly uninspired i would say
0: yeah definitely um and i i mentioned chuck jones earlier and he he's like one of the most prolific cartoonists that worked on Looney Tunes. Um, I pulled a couple of good Chuck Jones quotes here to get us in the mood. Um, So Jones once said, the author O. Henry taught me about the value of the unexpected. He once wrote about the noise of the flowers and the smell of the birds. The birds were chickens and the flowers dried sunflowers rattling against the wall. (laughs) Uh, He also said the name Chuck Jones, according to my uncle, limited my choice of profession to second baseman or cartoonist. And uh, of course, this is this is what my favorite Chuck Jones quote: um, "Bugs is who we want to be; Daffy is who we are."
1: Yeah, that really—I mean—that kind of sums up this movie, I think. Yeah, it
0: sums up life in general. <laughs> in this movie,
1: in particular, um,
0: because Daffy is a failed child. He he's he he kind of set the template for failed children, like well before A.J. Soprano was was he in the <laughs> gleam in David Chase's eye. <laughs> um Daffy was was the fuck up and like he he's he's much more relatable than Bugs and Bugs is cool but like um
1: D- Daffy is is the heart of this movie. Yeah, and I think that's something that Joe Dante wanted to focus on. Um you know, he he wanted to make the anti Space Jam movie. And of course with Space Jam it's more about Michael Jordan than it even is about Bugs, but then when it's not about yeah. Michael Jordan, it's about Bugs. Um yeah. And 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 then of course, as we said, to a lesser extent, even Lola Bunny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she she is the dark horse of that movie. It,
0: it's good. She she gave, she gave birth to like millions of furries the world over, and I applaud her for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, even though I mean, she was created in a focus group, I imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, that focus group
0: backfired on them. Like they they the the executives at Warner Brothers could not have predicted that. Um, weirdo weirdo teenagers the world over will like draw um copyright infringing um fan art and like and, and, and make it their own basically so like that that
1: that's a good thing yeah. that, that that's like an anti, anti-corporate it's good fair thing. yeah i mean i think we were right to say it's the best thing that came out of uh space jam um yeah besides like i do like the space jam logo i think that's another thing that yeah. i enjoy <laughs> but that's about it yes honestly um, sure, sure, but sure, yeah sure. so this film is really daffy's film um and you know like sort of brendan Fraser's film brendan Fraser, there there's this like he's had a pretty um
0: i don't want to say heartbreaking but like pretty interesting and like very human experience in hollywood because he he had a me too story yes remember mm-hmm. um and and his his body was like ruined by the the mummy movies in they actually make a joke out of this in this movie. He, when he introduces himself, he's like, yeah, I was Brendan Fraser's stuntman in the mummy movie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, yeah. And he, and he had like that really heart wrenching interview. Um, right. Right. Like when me too, was that, was that at Zenneth? Yeah. The GQ
1: um, article. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, he always, he always seemed like a, a decent guy. Um, despite being like this, this big name Hollywood star. And, um, so I, I think like like in a metatextual way, which is thematic for this movie, um, it, it is his movie too. Mm. I keep forgetting
1: he's in the Doom Patrol, the uh the DC yes. uh universe uh he's, online streaming service show. <laughs> he's robot man, yeah, he's isn't robot he? man, which is
0: <laughs> Which is great. That that's that's awesome. Incredible. I I haven't seen Doom Patrol, but I,
1: I love that shit. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's a reason to see it, it's it's Brendan Fraser for sure. Sure. Um, um, wait, isn't Timmy so yeah, e. Dalton the, in that as well? It, is yeah, he? Yeah, I think he plays the guy in the wheelchair
0: We have to look at the so live the action actual... research I don't, I don't care okay, okay, so the, I guess the theme for this episode is, is metatextuality yeah, It really in like, is Shit In in <laughs> doing in doing multiple instances of our live action research um, Is thematic So uh, you're welcome <laughs> You're welcome folks <laughs> Uh, really quick yes. so yeah the doom patrol Timothy
1: dalton is niles Amazing. calder aka the chief who is uh, aka professor, professor x. x right i mean yeah, yeah the character that uh stanley ripped off for professor x <laughs> <laughs> so i guess like successful artistic theft and metatextuality are the themes of this episode. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and i think that's just like the theme of joe dante's career yeah honestly yeah um, I think he's always been a guy um, who made films that were full of homages, pastiche. Um, his first film, which is a film that I don't think any of us will ever get to see unless like a museum picks it up sometime in the near future, it's called The Movie Orgy. Um, it mm-hmm. was made in 1968. It actually got <laughs> a him title. his job um, at Roger Corman's uh, production company because it was like this collage and compilation Of movie clips, trailers, and commercials um, Mm. that ran like seven and a half hours long, uh, and he would show it on college campuses. That sounds like amazing. That sounds incredible. It's um, I wish we could see it. I, you know, I think because there's so much copyrighted material in there, um, it'd be impossible to get all those rights to to show it in theaters.
0: We definitely have like a, a third theme to this episode because like like the idea of of, of floating copyright um <laughs> yes. like started starting with the, the the furry fan art inspired by lola bunny and like going to this movie orgy that's that's wild yeah. I, I i had no i did not
1: know mm-hmm. that it was also sponsored by schlitz beer out of uh milwaukee yeah it's actually really Not good beer folks um if you, you know. uh well i mean it's hard to get unless you live i think in wisconsin that's the only place mm-hmm. i've ever seen it in uh, my my wife's family is from wisconsin shout out everybody uh thank you for introducing me to schlitz beer, to schlitz beer. <laughs> <laughs> we should see if they'll sponsor this episode um, <laughs> I, I would i would i would sell out in a heartbeat to do that yeah well i think they might be owned by like Anheuser bush or one of those awful companies yeah, now fam. but whatever, whatever. That's like half of the beers in, in America though.
0: But uh yeah, to Looney Tunes Back in Action, um it kind of starts off like with a bang and we just like just jump right into it. Like like there's very little preamble. Literally um, with a
1: bang of guns. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um and one of the things I like about this movie, um, in addition to the fact that it's only ninety minutes, which we love, that's like a staple of Procon. Oh yeah. Um it, it just like clips along very, very quickly. Yeah, um, and like a lot of stuff happens, which is really cool to see for a kids movie, because one of my biggest complaints as a kid for with kids movies was like not a lot of events or like distinct um, like locations would would occur or appear on screen, but like there's a lot in this movie which
1: I I really liked. Yeah, I mean this this film is full of distinct locations, and and you know uh, that's what Jonathan Rosebaum was saying when he was saying it's it's a lot like. Um, the films of uh, Frank Tashlin or like the Hope and Crosby films. Um, you know, uh, Frank Tashlin, actually, he was a Looney Tunes Mary Melody's director who then became a film director. Um, he, he actually made some Jerry Lewis films who we'll be talking about Jerry Amazing. Lewis in a yes. few minutes. Uh- <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> my 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 spiritual forebear.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he made um, at least... Two Jerry Lewis and uh, uh, Dean Martin films, uh, and then he made one or two other uh, just um, standalone um, Jerry Lewis films. But uh, and then you know Hope and Crosby, Bill uh, uh, Bob Hope and Bill Crosby, Bing Crosby, not Bill Crosby.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: Bob Hope and Bing Crosby made a bunch of kind of um, you know road movies. Um mm-hmm. so you know these are these are really the the spiritual forefathers of of this film and just a lot of Dante films in general. Sure.
0: Um but yeah the opening to this movie is is great. It's it's Bugs and Daffy in um a boardroom. In the in the Warner Brothers boardroom. Well even before the,
1: that, the- it is a cartoon. It starts as a cartoon.
0: Yes. It it starts off as a as a classic duck season rabbit season elmer fudd bit with with bugs and
1: Daffy. yeah and then we at the end of the bit we just uh get this uh this uh short little montage of just all the different ways that elmer fudd blows daffy's uh face apart yes, uh, <laughs> yes. and then that's when we get to the boardroom sure yeah yeah
0: um and the this scene was interesting because like it that the, the, this movie obviously doesn't focus on this but like it lightly touches on like the class um aspects between yeah. daffy and bugs that's right <laughs> um bugs of course he he's like effortlessly cool he's so charismatic he's he's hilarious everyone loves bugs he's the face of warner brothers um and daffy of course is his his foil he uh he he struggles he he tries really hard and we love him for it but we only love him because he's a goof and he's a fuck up um and bugs has all the bargaining power he can he can get as many carrots as he wants to he can like he can dictate the terms of of his contract and daffy's contract whereas daffy
1: gets uh fired in this scene yeah it's pretty great um so daffy objects to the amount of times he gets shot in the script um <laughs> yes. and then uh yeah they just um they kind of go back and forth, and and that's when we have the uh, the Warner Brothers themselves, and not actually the Warner Brothers, but uh, the Stanton right. brothers it's... playing the Warner Brothers, and yeah. uh, we're introduced to Jenna Elfman's character as well. Um, she plays her name is Kate Houghton, and uh, she is the uh, director of comedy at Warner Brothers, the new director yeah. of comedy, and, um, and what's funny is she she's total like presented as like this ice queen, and when she shakes. Daffy's hand, his, his hand, hand freeze ice. <laughs> yeah. Um but she she fires Daffy because he's just complaining yeah. too much. Um and he wants he wants more, he wants more in his contract. Um and uh I guess that's really an the exciting incident. Yeah, because
0: um Brendan Fraser, he's playing um the characters DJ Drake, uh last name Drake. Drake is a sexually mature um male duck. Oh, which I thought was a nice little illusion yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> um and yeah so he's just like a flunky he's a security guard but he he's a he also moonlights as a stuntman and he wants to be a movie star like his father was um of course his father's damian drake played by timothy dalton um which is which is an obvious illusion and i got this one um an obvious
1: allusion to his time as james bond oh i didn't get that that's what it is no of course i got that
2: yeah well i'm
0: just saying i'm just saying i get this one because it's an obvious one so of course i get it good job we'll give you a care
2: <laughs> not this weird
1: yeah <laughs> but, or i don't know some duck pellets whatever you want whichever one duck pellets. yeah 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 um so yeah the
0: dj is enlisted to to uh escort daffy from the premises um but daffy objects and he we get we get our first chase scene in the the movie
1: yeah i mean and it's um it's dante at his best um Mm -hmm. it's just you know it's through the back lots um there's a lot of sight gags i mean surely just this whole scene is is full of sight gags it's just the whole movie is but like this scene there's less there's even less dialogue i think than some of the other scenes later on um we get there's this great uh, shot of like you know, these two, um, let's say they're grips, uh, just holding this giant uh, matte painting of a hallway. Yes. And uh, yes. Daffy jumps into the painting because he's a cartoon. Yep. He can do that, cartoon physics. And he goes through the hallways, uh, whereas Brendan Fraser jumps through the painting and just bursts through the actual canvas yeah. itself. <laughs>
0: this movie is actually an interesting counterpart to um of course who framed roger rabbit yeah. because in that movie like there's this whole that that's like the world building version of this idea like because like the status of cartoon characters and and like their their class position and like their it it it's all like very fleshed out and thought out and in this movie it just is right like, it, it, it just it just is and it's presented and um this kind of plays into our I don't want to say anti-world-building sentiment, but like our our skeptical um, sentiment in regards to world building, because like you don't need that much to make it to make the conceit work. Um, if if you do put thought into it, and I I do like Roger Rabbit, I think it's a good yeah. movie. Like if if you do put that level of thought into it, it works very well. But like you don't have to every time; it can still just like fly by the seat of its pants and 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 work fine. Right, for
1: sure. And I mean that's kind of. Um... That is the merry melodies and Looney Tunes cartoons, right? Like no one goes out of their exactly. way to explain the world that they live in. No one has to explain exactly. how these characters continually live after they're blown up or you know fall <laughs> off cliffs. Uh, so yes. it's just, it is it is what it is. I mean, it really kind of invented, I think, cartoon physics more or less. Oh,
0: un- undoubtedly so. Um, much more than Disney did. Disney's like the the ultimate. I'm thinking like early Disney, like Bambi or, or Pinocchio or whatever. Like that—that's like the ultimate in in realism, right? Like cartoon realism. Whereas um, Looney Tunes, Merry Melodies are like this. It, it taps into kind of like this primal id logic of 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 like visual logic, yeah. and um, and that and that's why it's so funny,
1: right? Um, but yeah. So the the rest of um this scene. Has, a, again, a lot of that cartoon physics stuff going on. Um, there's uh, one of my favorite bits in it is when they're uh, they're climbing these stairs and then um, Daffy opens the door and he's like, don't follow me. And, of course, Brendan Fraser follows him through the door and uh, he is on the set of a Batman movie. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it, it, it is the, I believe, um, the Val Kilmer Batman suit on, on just some other yeah, guy. Yeah, I think um, so. Be, because yeah because and um and then he falls down and then right there after he falls down onto the the giant whoopee cushion or whatever it is like there's there's the batmobile
1: yes and roger corman roger corman uh is yes. directing batman which um holy shit imagine. if that could ever happen inshallah he's still alive guys come on give it to him That's... in his last days after coronavirus it's a, his it's his make a wish make batman yes oh my yes he...
0: <laughs> i mean because he did that fantastic four movie that yeah never technically saw the light of day um
1: you you can get a rip of it yeah you can find it on youtube um he also did a film i was looking up i was like was he ever in the running for making a batman movie and it seems like no i mean why would he be but he did Mm. make a film in 1995 well he produced it called the black scorpion Uh, and he Mm. said he wanted to do a female superman spider-man batman film um, what? Okay. Yeah, and so <laughs> she, she's basically more just like Batman. She's not much like Superman or Spider-Man. Yeah, but... he doesn't know comics yeah. very well. But like,
0: <laughs> I, I would love to see like a, a Batman of Zurinar movie yes. by Roger Corman. oh my God. The, the, the weirdo, crazy backup personality that Grant Morrison invented yeah, yeah, for yeah. Batman.
1: That would make sense too because, you know, so many of Corman's earlier films uh, were made because he literally just took acid. Uh, like the film The Trip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man um so yeah the the chase ends
0: when Brendan fraser is it fraser or
1: fraser no idea let's just call him dj
0: (laughs) when dj when dj grabs um daffy duck from the batmobile and um the batmobile just it it shoots off its jet engine and it crashes into the base of the warner brothers water tower which of course falls over and of course falls into the car of kate who also has bugs with her um which co- obviously causes dj to be fired yeah. by uh by dick miller
1: yes that's right dick miller's the other security guard who fires him and also this is when we have the only joke that i think joe dante uh did not sign off on in this movie which is the finding nemo joke that bugs says that joke really stood out yeah. to me because it was so
0: awkward yeah and unfunny and I, yeah, I totally believe that he, he
1: would not have signed up. On that. I mean, it's the only like contemporaneous reference, I think. It really is. Oh, it's like oh, the only f- other one is the Scooby Doo one, but that one's good.
0: That one's good. Yeah, that, that one's good because it's Matthew Lillard talking to Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> which is, which is really good. <laughs> Yeah, there's a scene, I think, before all this happens. Um, yeah, it has to be before all this happens. It's in a cafeteria um, on the Hollywood lot, the Warner Brothers lot. Um, and we see Scooby and Shaggy animated Scooby and Shaggy chastising Matthew Lillard for his portrayal of Shaggy. Yeah. He's like, you made me sound like a
0: stoner man or like a hippie. I think <laughs> he, he said, says yeah, yeah. something like
1: that. <laughs> and then Scooby says he's, he, I forget what, what does Scooby say, but he like, he, he like snarls at him and like snaps his teeth. He just barks and snaps his teeth out. He's open. just like, or I'll Matthew. really give you a Scooby snack or something like that. He has like some right, line. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> so yeah, DJ cementing his Phil son status goes home. Um, well, not to his home. He goes to his dad's home because it was his parents, of course. Um, but it's appropriate. It works. Um, and his, it, it's like this really big opulent house. And there's, um, there's a lot of movie posters. Cause like his dad is the James Bond actor, essentially. Um, Daffy had snuck home with him and um of course we find out like the one of his dad's quote unquote movie props is actually a real secret agent gadget and his dad calls him from the middle of a mission
1: yeah yeah it's pretty great um it's just like uh you know the selfie video uh yeah. and he's just like beating up these guys in the background he's like you have to come help me and find the blue monkey um, and i guess that's really the the big inc- inciting incident of this film right? right i mean it's it's the blue monkey is the MacGuffin. um yep. it's um it's also stupid and i don't like it it's one of my least favorite things about the movie especially like once we get the actual blue monkey that's i think when the movie actually just like takes the turn for the worst
0: i have a galaxy brain
1: theory on why
0: they included this plot but we can get to it once we get to the end <laughs> okay <laughs> it, it it holds up i, I think it's good <laughs> i can't wait um yeah so yeah so basically um damien drake asks dj he's like oh come come rescue me i i trust you son this is your big chance um dj jumps in the car uh with daffy the car that he used to, to deliver pizzas when he was partially employed before which is another huge yes. moment and they they go off and he he's told go go to uh vegas and look for um dusty trails what's the, is that her name or dusty
1: tails i can't remember dusty oh, tails yeah, yeah heather locklear's character um and we should say the car they go in is a gremlin an amc gremlin um which obviously are not that's made anymore amazing uh, i love that the, uh, <laughs> the gremlin's theme uh song uh picks up in that moment yes. when they get in that car. i noticed that i did not know that that car was actually called yeah, gremlin. Yeah, on the amc gremlin that, it's not made anymore but it was it was big fucking in, incredible uh, i think the 70s and 80s
0: james joyce has nothing on joe dante's intertextuality
1: (laughs) that's that's my hot take for this
0: episode (laughs) um so yeah and then um we cut back to the warner brothers studios and we see kate getting canned because she had signed off on a elmer fudd rabbit season duck season um bit without daffy so bugs gets shot yeah yeah and then (laughs) yeah and then this this opens up one of the my like one of my favorite lines of the movie um the warner brothers the literal warner brothers fire her and she's like you can't fire me i work so hard blah 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 blah, blah. and she and then she says my movies have made like 950 million dollars and they said well that's not a billion dollars
1: (laughs) which is like that is the state of current movie production right now oh that's incredible well the state of current movie production they'll take anything i imagine oh hey fuck you hollywood yes um but i'm thinking like big budget like yeah. marvel style oh yeah disney bullshit For sure it's yeah no it's an incredible line um i also like when uh bugs goes behind the warner brothers and he takes the the, the shape of the warner brothers like he, he turns himself fat and has glasses yes. and a suit
0: on <laughs> There are a ton of good tiny little sight gags. They're like blinking, you'll miss them. Yeah. Um, there's the one where the the frog wearing that wears a top hat, he eats a fly that's buzzing around in the restaurant. Yes. Just like random random little shit like that that totally makes
1: it all yeah. feel very complete. And that's when Bugs uh, turns into his Marilyn Monroe alter ego and Michigan yes. J Frog, which is a frog's name, he does his there Hello you know. My Baby thing, like right as Bugs change. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so if Daffy's the fail son the fail son, fail child icon, Bugs is definitely um a trans icon. Yeah. I, I think, that's, I think so. that that has been posted on Twitter oh, yeah. we before. Didn't, like, that, we that's didn't been thrown that about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, super super prolific cross dresser, very very comfortable with that. And like what's interesting about the cross dressing, like of Bug of Bugs mm-hmm. whenever he does it, like it's played for laughs, but it's never played for laughs at his expense. Right. It's always like at the expense of the goofy people who like, like, like his enemy. Yeah. Right? Like it's always Make his enemy foot. making a fool of himself. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, not, not perfect, but like more, more, uh, progressive and accepting than like you would think for like a, a cross-dressing gag from the fucking thirties. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: um, we are introduced to, uh, Steve Martin's character here. I believe, oh God, yes. uh, the chairman, <laughs> yes, yeah. um, another fail son, honestly like i think he's our third yes. fail son for sure yeah. <laughs> yeah but
0: he runs out the trifecta um yeah he's he's like the ceo of acme yeah
1: um yeah i think his only name is the chairman i don't think he has another name beyond that
0: he he basically plays it like the bastard love child of austin powers and dr <laughs> <laughs>
1: evil yeah more heavy on the austin powers that's for sure
0: (laughs) but he also does like the weird pronunciations like dr evil he's the evil genius like dr
1: evil yeah not much of a genius but he's evil well like the (laughs) the evil
0: guy in command who has underlines yeah
1: for sure um i wish i could have um i should have stopped the movie to read all of the names of the people on the acme board
0: yes they're, they're great um,
1: i only know two of them because i have them written down here ron perlman's is acme vp never learning uh and then robert picardo's is acme vp rhetorical questions yes, <laughs> yes. um
0: uh, ron, Perl- ron perlman is really funny because like he, he normally has like a very deep impressive voice and everything like, like the hellboy voice right. but like he just does this,
1: like this goofy virgin yes. voice <laughs> whenever he speaks. Uh, and we're introduced to the chairman. This is the line that he says when we're, when we're first introduced to him. He says, we cannot have nine-year-olds working in sweatshops making Acme sneakers, not when three-year-olds work for so much less. Yes. <laughs> Which is what the real world is like. Yeah. Which is what Warner Brothers and is and like. I think it might be Robert Picardo who replies... Uh, but sir three-year-olds need naps and then steve martin <laughs> says well we'll put espresso in their sippy cups yes. <laughs> oh my god this, this movie's so good this movie is amazing it's,
0: best, it's a masterpiece um, besides the ending <laughs> yeah um so yeah basically ceo dr evil wants to capture um dj and and daffy because he ha- he, he did capture Damian drake right. and we get a funny scene where he he pulls up in the intercom on, on the view screen he's like how's the how's the interrogation coming and then we cut to um timothy dalton tied up but still yeah, yeah. all all of his all <laughs> of the thugs interrogating him and then one guy gets punched he's like he, he's about to crack yeah. sir and he gets punched again it's
1: great um i'm not sure if it's this scene but i might as well just say it so the the um the the blue um, monkey, Blue monkey the diamond is what uh, the chairman is looking for and it has the power to turn people into monkeys okay I, I might as well tell my galaxy brand
0: theory now because this is this is it's relevant here <laughs> um so the idea of monkeys gorillas apes what what have you being a very common um recurring motif in in comic books and also cartoons is like they're probably the most common animal, I would say.
1: Like, yeah. as as like a concept yeah. Yeah, in like comics babe. and cartoons, you got uh Magilla Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're very human, but
0: they're still animals, which like makes it funny. And there is a Justice League Unlimited episode, um, in which Gorilla Grodd's masterstroke plan is to turn everyone on Earth into a into a gorilla. Oh, that's <laughs> so, right. Like, um. So yeah, the the episode in Justice League Unlimited where Gorilla Grodd does that um plan came out in 2004. Oh. Or it came out in 2000, 2006. So it came out came after, but yeah. like I I think it's just like a stock plot that they had and like befitting kind of the slapdash production of this movie, I think they just grabbed it and they used it here and then they reused it once um that JLU episode came out later. It's possible, right? I mean, it's all Warner Brothers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that—that's literally my thought. Like turning people into monkeys and like the inherent ridiculousness of that. Like they, they Lex Luthor tells Gorilla Grodd that it's like a stupid plan and it makes no <laughs> sense and it's weird. <laughs> in the episode, that's incredible. And like they, so like like they, Warner Brothers knows that it's like weird, but they have so many Gorilla characters. They have like, you no know, Gorilla, like you were saying, like Gorilla Grodd. They have Titano from DC Comics. They have like um monsieur mala who's right. the french speaking um <laughs> the ultra master gorilla. what is that guy's name the white the white gorilla with the giant brain that is the ultra human who is yes. the very first supervillain ever created like in in that sense because he, he even predates lex luther he was the first villain that superman right fought.
1: yes but he wasn't a gorilla yet yet yeah, he was a person he was basically an
0: Ubermensch that put his brain into a albino gorilla's body
1: right but not when he was first uh introduced he was just a person at that point
0: um yeah yeah you're right the to crib from wikipedia the ultra (laughs) human the ultra humanite is the first supervillain faced by superman and is among the first supervillains of the golden age of comics he was designed to be the polar opposite of superman while superman is a hero and a superhuman strength with superhuman strength Ultra humanite is a criminal mastermind who has a crippled body, but a highly advanced intellect. Right. So basically he was he just kind of like Ursatz Lex, Lex Luthor. Um, but then he, he yeah, eventually he does put his, his mind into a gorilla. Yeah.
1: Incredible. Why not? When in <laughs> doubt, put your mind in a gorilla. Sure. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah. So from, uh, the Acme headquarters, we then, uh, go to Las Vegas. um, mm-hmm where um they go Oh, to we should we
0: should add really quick that kate and bugs take off after dj and daffy and uh damien duck damien damien <laughs> Damian drake's um his, his his actual spy car yes and they, they, they start chasing yeah him.
1: very much kind of like an aston martin type spy car um just a 2003 variation more or less
0: and i will note that the rocket launcher that <clears throat> bugs accidentally shoots off it has the same sound effect as the rocket launcher from the n64 GoldenEye game
1: you know, I thought I recognized that sound.
0: Kind of like that—that that
1: pneumatic, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. sound. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in Las Vegas, they go to Yosemite Sam's Casino, uh, which is called Sam's Wooden Nickel, which yes. is incredible. What a yes, name! Amazing. Um, Heather Locklear is a showgirl. Um, she's doing this hel- hilarious um, burlesque. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> PG rated
0: striptease. <laughs> with with dwarf actors yeah. who are wearing yosemite sam masks yeah and they
1: have like little guns <laughs> they have like little fake guns it's great
0: <laughs> and like and, and the like the backup dancers pick them up and like toss them yeah. around
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah. um yeah so they they um they meet up with her and actually they say that her character dusty tails is that it dusty tails uh, yeah uh, it's it's a play on dusty trails right. and, and, yes. and t- tails is like a like a sexy sex stuff origin, I think, right yeah. yeah that's actually why this film was rated pg because uh, it's like innuendo is one of the reasons yes. it's rated pg and it's this and i think one of the other jokes later in the film was uh, elmer fudd um yes but uh yeah yes. so she sang four of the theme songs for uh damien drake's spy movies they yes. say so she knows dj from childhood more or less um, but she
0: she's also a spy in her own right
1: yes she's actually a spy um she she dons you know the the quintessential uh, cat suit you know um right. and uh she's supposed to give them the well it's like a it's a, the queen of hearts it's the queen of hearts card yep uh, um and yosemite sam
0: is contacted by by dr evil steve martin and he's like, "Oh, catch, catch them for me, and I'll, I'll pay you million dollars." Uh, and so Yosemite Sam and his um and his henchmen go after DJ and Daffy. Uh, Heather lucklier helps him escape, and they do with the card. But then they get into this fight scene that it's a it's a pretty good fight scene, I think, with with the, the henchmen.
1: Yeah, I mean, for fighting cartoons. Um, yeah, you know, and it's crazy. So uh, Joe Dante had talked about. the the filming the production itself and they had to film each scene three times um they used what they called a stuffy which was like a a a placeholder for the the cartoons themselves um i think that was like maybe some kind of green screen you know effect um probably some kind of stuffed animal looking thing um and then some other shots for different layering that the animators would use later so i mean the fact that they did that uh you know uh, is a pretty good fight scene like it seems like the the actual like you know fisticuffs are actually landing on each other yeah like they interact with the environments pretty well
0: yeah i was thinking that throughout like especially the opening um but especially this scene too like um dj bren Fraser at one point punches one of one of the thugs and like he he crashes through the railing because yes. they're up on the second floor balcony yeah, yeah. and it's very like very well timed and and the um the way the balcony breaks like it seems like this cartoon uh henchman is really falling through the balcony
1: yeah i mean it's, it's pretty great um and then from there they uh <laughs> they steal so um they're in their gremlin car um but then no, actually, they're on foot because their gremlin car breaks down It, breaks, it breaks down. Um, they, they,
0: they try to start it up again, and it just falls, falls apart, apart, like, into a
1: million pieces. Um, so they, they just escape on foot. But then Yosemite Sam steals Jeff Gordon's race car. <laughs> which is like the most 2003 fucking cameo jeff gordon uh, apparently they wanted to make a film called race jam which i am so glad they didn't but at the same time i wish they did imagine a movie called race jam starring
0: jeff gordon (laughs) what i'm sad about is we missed out on um the licensed video game of race jam (laughs) yes I have a feeling yeah. like it would have been one of those, like, oh, BuzzFeed's top 15 games that are better than the movies that inspired yeah, them kind of for thing. for sure. It, it would be like a, like a Diddy Kong racing, like, not quite Mario Kart, but just, like, really wonky, like, battle racer yeah. of like kind of thing. Well, I
1: think there actually was a Looney Tunes battle racer game at one point. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Um, we don't have to do research for that one. Uh, folks, yeah, that, uh, that's, that's if you're a little home, to do it
2: yourself. <laughs>
1: um
0: so yeah with that th- that sets off this chase scene because um kate and and bugs pull up in the in the aston martin everyone piles in and they start this chase scene and it's a pretty good chase scene yeah um, like fun. the choreography of the driving um they do some goofy shit like like dj drives backwards through a traffic jam um i don't know they, they toss dynamite back and forth and it blows up inside yosemite sam's car yeah yeah um, one of the
1: goons wants to th- uh, well, actually, Yosemite Sands tells one of the goons to throw it out the window, and the guy's like, "But boss, we can hurt innocent people." Yes. Yosemite Sam's like, oh, "I don't care, dag, nab it, throw it out the window." He's like, "But My k- boss, it's it's a bad example for the <laughs> kids." <laughs> and of course, it blows up in his yeah, face. Yeah, and they're then they're just out of commission. That's um, yeah, but
0: uh, well, they they're not out of commission because they they chase the spy car down a dead end alley. But then the spy car, it it sprouts wings and, and jet engines and it flies up and they escape
1: that way. Right, yes. And then Yosemite Sam and his thugs actually crash through the Dusty Tales, uh stage. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. right. Then then they're out of commission after that. Yeah.
0: And we get a classic Yosemite Sam lands in a dark closet somewhere and he strikes a match and he's surrounded by
1: dynamite yes. and he's like, oh oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he becomes a shooting star for them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he, he flies through the air. That's good. <laughs> there's so Um, much in this movie it's it's so easy to miss every gag because there's so many and they're so good
0: yeah the 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 sheer volume um of them is incredible and like when you when you catch like notice of them they're funny
1: yeah yeah
0: oh and then dj accidentally turns the jet engine off and the car crashes yeah (laughs) (laughs) well actually it runs out of gas doesn't it And they're they're falling they're falling down this is another funny line um as as they're falling plumbing into the ground screaming daffy whips out his cell phone and he calls his his um stockbroker he's like "Sell all looney tunes all, all warner brothers stock because like i think bugs bunny's gonna die yeah. he's a, he's like i have an inside tip that bugs Bunny's yes. about to die <laughs> and then they're hurtling to the ground and then like an inch from the ground they stop
1: and they're like what the hell
0: happened And bugs is like
1: oh we, well we ran out of gas <laughs> But then But the Jenna Elfman says That's not how it works And then it crashes To the ground Yeah, then cra- yeah of course Because if you question but, The cartoon physics They stop That's an interesting yes. element
0: I mean that that's That's how it's always done Right Like um, whenever Roadrunner runs over the cliff And then Wile E. Coyote Chases him He can chase him Right But then he looks down yep. And he notices and he, yes. and, he, and he holds up the help sign And Yeah <laughs>
1: Which, uh, perfect segue there, Nicholas, yeah. uh, we, uh, we get Acme's, uh, desert operative. Um, yep. this, and this is what I like about the film that Acme, the, 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 the traditional bad guys and traditional antagonists of all the Looney Tunes cartoons are Acme operatives. So we mm-hmm. have Yosemite Sam as an operative and we mm-hmm. have, uh, we are introduced to Wiley Coyote as the desert operative. And it's funny, even, yep. uh, the chairman says, you know, he, he really needs a win this time. <laughs> <laughs> um absurdist
0: hero the the Sisyphian figure himself Wiley e. coyote who who chases his impossible quest the the most relatable i don't i don't know about the most relatable like w- top three most relatable uh looney tunes characters for me oh yeah for sure yeah by
1: far um just the the the
0: frustrated artist who who's doomed to repeat this cycle of <laughs> predetermined failure time and time again
1: <laughs> yes uh and in this version um, he is—he uh, just buys stuff on Amazon, basically. Uh, <laughs> Acme is fucking Amazon. Acme is Amazon. Uh, he has this little computer that he uses to buy a rocket launcher, a gigantic yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, surface-to-air missile rocket launcher. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the three delivery options are um, like a week, tomorrow, or instant. Yeah, instant. Or and,
1: and he and he also picks gift wrapping, I believe. <laughs> free. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> Um, of course it
0: crushes him instantly. Yeah, it blows
1: um, up in his face. Um
0: and that was really that was actually really funny cuz like he he tries to aim the rocket at them uh at, at at the group at the the DJ Kate Bugs and Daffy group far away. Um and of course when he sets off the rocket, it just blows up in his face. But like before it blows up, we cut back to the group walking away and they're like a mile away. Yeah. And then at a mile in distance we see this huge real
1: explosion yeah. like just erupts. <laughs> and like they don't even
0: notice it. <laughs> they and like it just
2: they just
1: keep walking and that's it. Yeah, it's like, incredible. It. Um and then they go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: go to a Walmart. Um this felt very aughts to me. Like, yeah. hey, is that a Mirage? No, it's a Walmart. Whoa, Walmart? Don't we have to get a product placement to say Walmart? Yeah, but let's go to Walmart. Because if we say Walmart a bunch of times, yeah. then Walmart will give us money. Yeah. Like we get it.
1: <laughs> yeah i i'm not sure that would be a joke that joe dante would have signed off on either but yeah. um i think yeah, it's fine good. i mean i think it, it's 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 very 2003 that's for sure it's not it's not awful
0: it's just like it it, it it's one of the jokes that aged worse oh yeah
1: yeah um so the reason they're in las vegas because um earlier during the chase scene or, or sorry the reason they're in the desert is because earlier in the chase scene in las vegas uh when brendan Fraser, uh is driving he he says uh mother and i think that's when they're like gonna crash into like a building and that's when they start flying and the the, uh the astro martin uh, ai in the car says i will bring you to mother um right
0: and and mother is a scientist the code name for a scientist uh played by joan cusack um inside area 52 yes because (laughs) as she tells us area 51 is a carefully designed psyop to get crazy people off the trail of area, oh, area 52. 52 it's incredible Amazing. yeah
1: um yeah they uh there's like this uh fake wall um like this barrier that they go through and that gets them into area 52 and you know mm. there's this cgi alien uh that they meet immediately that gets put in a mason jar like these gigantic mason jars that hold aliens
0: and then a little spike comes out and punches air holes in <laughs> yes. the top of the mason jar <laughs>
1: Um, and that CGI alien is the only one that's not an actual alien from a classic film. Um, so we see a, a few other aliens and they're all aliens from classic films or television. Um, the only one that's kind of out of place is there's a Dalek from Dr. Who. Um, and the story behind mm-hmm. that is Steve Martin requested for there to be a Dalek in this scene cause he loved Dr. Who. So they had to like jump awesome. through Great. all these hoops to get a Dalek because it was the only one that wasn't in the public domain. Yeah, interesting, because like
0: there, there's Robbie the Robot yep. from Forbidden Planet, yep. um, a bunch of other shit that I didn't recognize that you probably have encyclopedic knowledge of.
1: Yeah, so I had to look them up. Um, there's a few that I was like, oh, yeah, that's from that, that's from that. Um, so there's the Metaluna Mutant. I didn't know that was the name, but I've seen this movie from This Island Earth.
0: Is that the... Um the venus flytrap thing uh
1: no that's the triffid actually from invasion okay. of the triffids um the metaluna okay. mutant is the one who has like the big brain and the like little claw and yeah, that thing looks freaky yeah yeah so that was a universal monsters movie actually that was their one sci-fi one that's great um and then there's um yeah the triffid which is the venus flytrap um plant from invasion of the triffids um there's the flying brain from fiend without a face Um, And then this is where uh, Kevin McCarthy comes in. The actor who played uh, Dr. Miles J. Bennell in Invasion of the Body Snatchers reprises his role here. And he's even in uh, like grayscale, like black and white. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's, Mm -hmm. he's clutching one of the pods from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, Like you said, uh, Robbie, the robot from Forbidden Planet. And we have robot monster from the film robot monster. Um, He looks like uh, the body of a bear basically. Um, with a, like a television set on his head <laughs> right yeah that, uh. that that is such like a
0: like a dc comics concept right yeah like i, I could see that like coming from an early i don't know, like like green lantern villain or something you know
1: yeah for sure uh i mean all all these um these these monsters and, and aliens are, are just like the um yeah those kind of the stereotypical uh, B movie monsters um, that, you know, we've, we've all seen, but we haven't actually seen the movies, you know, um, or that, that, um, that would have inspired stuff um, for, you know, decades.
0: And then there's a piece of um, memorabilia from your past that Joan Cusack's wearing. This
1: was the craziest thing. So I didn't see this movie in theaters. I saw this movie in college actually so probably around 2010 2011 when I was in a big Joe Dante kick and um Joan Cusack's character she has like some weird tech gear that she wears but she wears this like glove thing on her hand and I had this glove as a child it was part of a 90s toy series called Wild Planet Spy Gear um and it was it was like these little cables that connect to this um it's like battery pouch that you strap on your wrist and then the cables go down each of your fingers, except your thumb and they clip on to the tip of your fingers. And there's, there's lights at each of each of the tips. Um, And it was like a, it it was sold as like a way to see in the dark um, so that your hand wouldn't be un would be unencumbered. (laughs) It's crazy. It's wild. Like I, I remember that spy gear stuff, like,
0: there was, like, oh, a laser pointer you can wear on your glasses yes. or whatever. Yep. It's, like, super clunky and
1: yep. really just, like, goofy shit. But it, it's funny that they repurposed it. Yeah, it's Dr. incredible. I I, like. I could not believe it when I saw it. I swear I yeah. still have this uh, this toy at my parents' house. I'm sure of it. Amazing. <laughs> um,
0: so, of course, Marvin the Martian, who is one of the prisoners, right. is contacted by Steve Martin, Dr. Evil. And... um. He's given a job. He's like, "Oh, space agent, capture, capture these people and bring them back to me." And so Marvin Martian escapes, and he—this th- was so cool. Like he he releases all the other monsters yeah. from their from their cages, and um, they kind of swarm the group. Right? It, it's it's like very. It was kind of creepy in like a sense, like oh, these retro monsters are arising once once more from the past to come and get us.
1: Yeah, and I mean, um, they used probably some maybe the original costumes, or you know, yeah. maybe some newly refurbished puppets or something. But I mean, they were all they are all practical effects. Every single one of them, um, except like I said, that weird CGI alien that wasn't actually a reference to anything. Um, and of course, Marvel the Martian is you know a, a traditional animation. Um, but yeah it's it's super cool it is super creepy um and they uh yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of a fight scene with the agents of um area 52 uh mm. and then and then they have to escape um to their right and their next part of the quest and dr
0: mother joan cusack had with with the card that they gave uh they gave her she peels it apart and like reveals that there's like this clear foil that you can look through yes in the and they have to go find um she gives them some riddle and she's like oh it's a corporate mandate i yeah. have, to, <laughs> have to get in this weird riddle um and basically it's like "Oh, find the smile or whatever so obviously it's like oh go to mona lisa and look at mona lisa with with the clear foil
1: yeah um and then this is one of my favorite parts of the film uh the, the scene at the louvre
0: yes this part is great this, this is probably my favorite part of the movie um so they get to the Louvre, uh, they they look th- it's very like national treasure. Yeah. They look through like the the foil thing in the card and they see the secret map in Mona Lisa and it's a map to Africa, so like, okay, we gotta go to Africa. Um and then Elmer Flood shows up and bugs and Daffy run away and Elmer Flood chases them. Yes. But no, um, there's
1: a line though right before that happens, they're like but elmer we made 35 movies together he was like but i was secretly evil <laughs> yes. and Daffy's like oh show business <laughs> yes, <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
0: um so we, so yeah elmer fudd's chasing the two of them um and they they jump through a bunch of different paintings they start off in a dolly painting yeah persistence of memory um, the,
1: the 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 clocks
0: yeah and and they're all like goopy and crazy and like dripping and they're they're running really slowly um elmer fudd pulls out his gun and his gun droops and he he, and then he 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 pulls it up and he tries to shoot and the bullets like go like two feet and they fall yeah
1: but then daffy and bugs literally laugh at him because it's like a flaccid penis yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. it's this is one of those pg moments um and then they they kind of do like they, they jump from painting to painting they go to um the edvard munch scream yep. painting mm-hmm. um and when they, they, they run in the background and then when they run across the bridge they
1: scream and then the screamer screams yeah. and that like stuns <laughs> elmer fudd <laughs> yeah then they go to uh they, one of like toulouse Lautrec's random like moulin rouge can can uh yes. paintings yes um and uh they they do the can can with elmer fudd and then they just escape from there they slam them with their butts yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) they um
0: they go to the sorrel painting um a sunday afternoon on the isle of lagrangette um even if you don't know what that is you've seen it before it's that famous pointillist painting and every time elmore fudd fires his shotgun it makes a spray of pointillism it's so so
2: cool
1: yeah it kind of like the, the rest of the canvas, where like the his buckshot hits, is like bare and it moves all the pointless dots all around in, in like a splatter effect. It's pretty great. Uh, um, and then when they get out of that painting, actually, uh, um, they have a didactic moment where Bugs explains what pointillism is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's like, I
0: like to learn something in my movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he and, he and he he um he just like blows and because. When when they jump through these paintings, they they adopt the style yeah. of of the painting. Um, so there's someone pointillism when they jump out of the pointillism painting, and he he like coughs or he sneezes or he blows, um, and then Elmer Fudd just dissipates. Yeah, except his boots, his boots stay, yeah. and everything else is gone. And we cut to Daffy, who he's drawing, connect the dots, yes. on his body
1: because he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's half points and half, yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Um, so good. So yeah, then they're just outside in Paris and there, there's the Eiffel tower um, and uh, perfectly positioned around the Eiffel tower are posters for like a Jerry Lewis, like movie marathon. Uh, And that's because the French inexplicably love Jerry Lewis. Um, I don't know if they still do, but like a lot of uh, film publications love Jerry Lewis films. And I will say, I think like they're, they're worth watching and they're well made, especially the ones he directed himself. Um, if you want to see a movie that is just, like, utterly baffling, um, you should see, um, I believe it's called *Ladies Man. It, um, he's, like, a, a, a fail-son college graduate who then becomes, um, I, he just becomes a boarder at, like, a, a, a women's, uh, boarding house, and, uh, I, like, I just folks just see it it's it makes uh, uh, like no sense um the, the set itself is like this weird cutout set like a dollhouse cutout set um mm. and like there's almost there's very little dialogue and most of it's just like him jerry Lois just making weird fucking noises um but i think that's why the french <laughs> like him
0: yeah i i just think of that tweet that went viral a while ago um i forget the movie but like
1: oh um he's the um the delinquent something delinquent so basically when we introduced to
0: Jerry Lewis in the scene, he's just standing in, in an alleyway and he's playing with a knife. And he's like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's just like doing this. The delicate delinquent. That's the name the of that. The delicate one. delinquent. Yes. He's
0: just like, he's just whipping this knife around. And this woman's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm your friend. Oh, my friend. Eh? <laughs> 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 it's, it's
1: amazing. Oh, just,
0: just the best. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, the movie. Um, one one of Dr. Evil's henchmen captures Kate and brings her to the top of the Eiffel Bill Tower. Bill Goldberg, wrestler. Bill Goldberg. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that I thought that was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin at first, but another <laughs> in in another in another in yeah, bald, tall, guy with bald guy, a uh,
1: goatee, with the
0: goatee. <laughs> yeah. Um, he carries her to the top of the Eiffel Tower.
1: Um, oh, and then the vulture, that like dumb vulture. Uh is helicopter. helicopter He's like I'm yeah. a, a dangerous bird of prey. Huh? Oh I'm
0: yeah, I'm a dangerous bird <laughs> of prey. I'm gonna get my victim. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Brennan Fraser catches up to her, catches up to them. Um the henchman gets away with the card, but DJ saves Kate uh using the gadget he got from Doctor Mother and he he's able to save her using a stuntman training because she falls off that top she she falls off the ladder um swing down give her some flowers in the way and meet up with bugs and daffy uh and they're like oh well it's great but we don't have the car anymore oh well let's go to africa (laughs) just like (laughs) fast fast gotta move gotta move
1: yeah um Um, not much happens in africa except they find the actual blue monkey diamond
0: yeah and it's basically a barrel monkeys piece yeah yeah (laughs) The way the way
1: it's shaped, it's it's like the S shape, like with the arms. Well, that's like the little piece of the puzzle that gets them to the blue monkey diamond. Um, the actual diamond right, itself is it, a diamond with like right, a yeah, monkey okay, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's true. Um,
0: but they actually do find the blue the blue monkey diamond, um, and it does turn Brendan Fraser into a monkey. Yes. Um, <laughs> Daffy's like, oh well, all's well that ends well. But Bugs is like, come on, Daffy. So he turns him back in, back into a human. Um, but then steve martin dr evil and the the not stone cold steve austin car- uh, henchman catch up to them
1: well when they first drive in africa we see uh granny tweedy and sylvester on an elephant mm. yes and they bring them to the blue monkey diamond and but then it's right. revealed that none of them are actually themselves they they zip themselves down um, right. and they're bill goldberg and steve martin Although, before that happens... And and Taz. And Taz, right. Yeah, Tweety is Taz. But before Tweety does that, there's a moment where Tweety sees other birds that are like him, um, Mm -hmm. and they all, like, pelt uh, Sylvester in the head. And then we cut to Tweety wearing a dashiki, and then yells, cry freedom! Um, Which is... Inexplicable. <laughs> I I I did not remember that. I've seen this movie at least three times, and I was like, I I don't know how I forgot the Tweety in a dashiki moment. Um, perhaps Amazing. referencing a 1987 film called *Cry Freedom* about South African anti-apartheid activist Stephen Biko, which was directed by Richard Attenborough. Uh, sure.
0: Wait, okay. that's, that's, <laughs> that's I, all i could figure out i was like if, why? if there's
1: any director that would do that it would be joe dante <laughs> yes um but yeah so uh, they get the diamond uh, the bad guys get the diamond um and they right. and they capture everybody and and bring them into uh the acme headquarters via teleporter
0: right and they have this elaborate they have a uh, timothy dalton tied up to this elaborate death trap like you'll be blown up and crushed with an anvil and and the, the, the train of the death of doom yeah the train, yeah um
1: Oh, and, and then there's up. the, um, the, uh, the blade that I think it's the blade of doom. And they're like, who brought yeah, the blade yeah, of right. doom in? That's just overkill. <laughs> yeah. So Steve Martin
0: gives the diamond to Marvin the Martian to fly to the satellite in space. And then Steve Martin and his underling that he was hitting on earlier oh, yeah. in a very me too he way. Very me too. Um, they, they hide in an anti monkey shield. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like okay turn it on we'll come out when everything's ready <laughs> and um and dj and kate have to fight um a giant acme robot guard dog yeah it was kind of similar to like ed 209 i thought
1: yeah yeah like a, a children's but like, it's just an idea yeah. like like mm-hmm. this giant robotic beast. But this is where I mean like the movie just loses me here. Like it's just that that dog is boring. Um the the Marvel the Martian space stuff is boring. Um I I, Yeah,
0: because Bug Bugs and Daffy go after him in, in in a ship
1: they steal. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and yeah that that's
0: that's what I was getting at when I was saying like even even the early Looney Tunes stuff um that happened in space, it was like space on another planet. Like, like it was, it was still like ground based in, even though like the jokes were like spacey, right you know, like, like mm-hmm. fly, flying through
1: space is like a very, it's very space jam energy. Yeah. It is a lot of space jam energy. And like, just nothing is really that funny in this scene either. It's just like, no. come on, wrap it up. Like, let's get to the, the end of this movie. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Cause um, Brent DJ
0: saves his dad. He, he, he swings and he jumps in front of the train and he grabs his dad and they jump to the side. And that causes the train driven by Wally Coyote to to push the dynamite, and that blows up. And like, yeah, it's not funny. It's mm-hmm. just like standard action,
1: like child friendly action stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it becomes the thing. It's basically spoofing. Um, yeah. And then yeah, in space, uh, Daffy saves the day because he turns into Duck Dodgers, um, which is his alter ego that um, you know he he's he's done in. A, Plenty of other uh, Looney Tune shorts, and there was actually a Duck Dodgers uh show around the same time on Cartoon Network. Do you remember that? I do, and I I think
0: uh, Daffy also was a Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. There's a
1: crossover episode where he meets the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god, there's there's good art here. He he's like hanging out with Kilowog, which yes. is great. And just yeah,
1: it's pretty incredible. I remember yeah. watching that show just for that episode. Um, but you noticed this actually um, There was something uh, interesting About Bugs Bunny's uh, carrot lightsaber That he had in yeah. the scene <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: So Bugs Bunny Goes out to fight Marvin Martian And to try to destroy the satellite um, And Marvin Martian has a gun and he shoot like, like a laser gun and he's shooting at Bugs Bunny uh, And Bugs has a carrot And it turns into a lightsaber But the, the carrot opens up And then the part that opens up Forms like quillians are a crossguard and this uh directly predicts uh 10 from 10 years in the future the kylo ren crossguard saber yeah.
1: that's pretty great that's incredible
0: um oh also i just looked this up and this is pretty relevant um green loon turn his uh <laughs> his his oath that he says is in blackest day or brightest night watermelon cantaloupe yada yada a superstitious and cowardly lot with liberty and justice for all <laughs> that's <amazing. laughs> <laughs>
1: you know I think In one of the um, Lego Batman games I think it might be The the final one Lego Batman 3 You can actually play As a green loon turn
0: mm, Hell yeah <laughs> um, But they save so the yeah, day they,
1: and, uh, and then uh, Steve Martin Gets turned Well, home. Well
0: cruci- crucially Crucially uh, Daffy saves Bugs Because Bugs is on the ropes Because um, Marvin Martian Has him cornered Has him like trapped right. And he's about to shoot him And then Duck Dodgers flies in to save the day and destroy the satellite and get the diamond back. And he flies, he sends Marvin the Martian flying off kind of like Darth Vader. And, um, he brings, uh, bugs back to earth.
1: Right. Yes. Um, and then, um, the chairman steps out of his anti monkey shield too early and, uh, he actually gets turned into a monkey instead. Uh, no one else yeah, is a monkey. Like, hey, wh- what's going on? <laughs> um, and then um, the director yells, cut, uh, and that is actually the voice <laughs> of Joe Dante, uh, I would yes. know, because I've nice. uh, watched many an interview with him, uh, and then mm-hmm. it, it is uh, all an elaborate uh, film within a film uh, they were shooting.
0: Yeah, and uh, we get a funny part, uh, part where Brendan Fraser runs into himself, and he punches himself in the jaw.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, you remember me from the Mummy movies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me, your stuntman. Um, and then the, um, that, uh, Looney Tunes, like the, the rings at the end of Looney Tune, uh, shorts, uh, they like fall onto Daffy, uh, as, as the, this movie ends. And then Porky Pig comes out like he always would, where he's like, abdee, 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 abdee. and then like the lights close on and they're like, all right, Porky, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it ends on a super weird meta note.
1: Um, yeah, that's it. This is that's literally the movie. <laughs> very, very abrupt, but I, I appreciate how abrupt the ending yeah. is. it saves it from like the the twenty minutes prior. I think. Yes.
0: Yes. 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 The the last, what the last, one hundred yeah. seconds <laughs> redeem, redeems the previous fifteen minutes yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um. But, uh, yeah, what workers of note do we have? Um, that we so want we have to do some practice? weird shit. I
1: just wanted to throw some weird very, shit at us. Very <laughs> weird shit. Um, so we have John Alvin, who is a poster artist uncredited um, mm-hmm. there. I, I assume this is all the fake spy movie posters um, in their Beverly Hills house. Um, there's one uh, movie entitled Ollie Ollie Oxen Spy. And I thought that was great. That's my favorite Amazing. one by far um but they're just you know rip-offs of uh bond posters but they bond past yeah yeah. pretty cool um this is one um this is one of my favorite merry melodies looney tunes shorts um uh this is he was uncredited because it's just archival footage here it is the um voice actor uh johnny davis um who voiced the character of Owl Jolson from the uh, I wanna sing a uh, short yeah. um which I wanna sing Yeah, the
0: <laughs> moon and the sun and the spring I wanna sing yeah.
1: which it's he's his name is Owl Jolson cuz it's like Al Jolson the jazz singer yeah, yeah. and it's literally yeah. like a spoof on the movie the jazz singer where uh this man's Jewish parents don't want him to sing jazz uh, so Amazing. they they don't want uh this little owl to sing jazz, but he goes down to the local radio station for a contest. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't I wear blackface. That. Uh, that's good. So
0: yeah, it's <laughs> shocking for early Mary <laughs> Melody stuff. <laughs> um, we also have a bunch of uh greens persons. Uh, is that like people who wear green suits in the in the so green? So I screen? thought
1: so as well. No, it's literally people. Um, who were like horticulturists, basically. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) I found this uh, description from getinmedia.com, a website that just tells you how to get jobs in media. Uh, It says, A member of the film crew with a green thumb who procures places and looks after any vegetation on the film set. Working with real or artificial landscaping, the greensperson works to make a lowly patch of dirt look like the Garden of Eden and a mundane Hollywood backlot look like an alien rainforest that's pretty great i like that i
0: i definitely like that a lot better than like a a green person in a green suit for green screen yeah um yeah we we have a bunch here we have s ford jones ricardo patino lee runnels anthony vitaglio christopher morente uncredited um hans soto (laughs) (laughs) uncredited (laughs) have like all these italian names and then hans soto (laughs) that's solo and then uh todd walcott who's a standby greensman uh, also uncredited
1: yeah i just thought it was really strange
0: that is fascinating i like that a lot Mm -hmm. that's great yeah Uh,
1: like bug said you know you got to learn something when uh you come to our podcast so yes you do yes you do
0: (laughs) that's the the green the greens person is the the term for this episode yes. i guess
1: yeah definitely it's one i learned uh five minutes before recording <laughs> yeah um so closing thoughts nick who would you recommend this movie to
0: our broke recommendation um pretty pretty codified the way we do this one by now but anyone who's burnt out on the disney pixar hegemony um it's no secret where we're, we're kind of anti-mcu here marvel cinematic universe and anti-disney Um, I guess by default that makes us stands of Warner Brothers in in D.C. (laughs) Uh, I I know Lewis and I both definitely prefer D.C. superheroes to Marvel superheroes. But, um, I mean, these media conglomerates, none of them are good. But we we can have our preferences. Um, And I I think we both definitely fall on the Warner Brothers side of things. Yeah,
1: I would say so. Uh, I mean, I think just like... In terms of uh, Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies, um, as, as, oh, a, as a bulwark against Disney stuff, um, yeah. just you know, uh, leagues ahead of its time. Honestly, yeah, just
0: very, very innovative and fresh and and bold compared to like the. I mean, not not to be totally anti Disney. Disney did a lot of good things for animation and like a lot of a lot of innovative things for animation, but just like yeah, sure. So so in in comparison, so sanitized and like kind of like stayed and family friendly as opposed to like fresh. Exciting stuff like this, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, anything that like drops anvils on people and blows them up, uh, it's just cooler.
0: Yeah, yeah, inherently so.
1: For our woke recommendation, uh, this is kind of a bugbear of mine. Um, this film Looney <laughs> Tunes Back in Action is better than Space Jam. Um, yes. we recommend you put this in your rotation and take uh, Space Jam out, please. Yes. um uh joe pitka uh who directed space jam is a loser who did music <laughs> videos and commercials and like one other film um so uh i uh, heretofore uh, deem him the virgin joe pitka and uh the chad joe dante
0: <laughs> what else did he direct he directed uh, one other
1: movie i can't even remember what it's called let it ride yes, that's it. in
0: 1989 starring Richard Dreyfuss yep. Robbie Coltrane David Johansson Jennifer tillian Terry Terry Garr yep. that's wild his his uh his photo on wikipedia is insane yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> it's insane <laughs> why the hell did he direct Space Jam I have no idea well he was a commercial but, director
1: uh, I think that's kind of just uh yeah I guess
0: that's just so wild yeah um But yeah, fuck fuck Space Jam. It's a meme movie. Uh, If you watched it, you probably wouldn't like it. It, 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 This movie is just better in every way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, our bespoke recommendation is for dork-ass failed children like ourselves, (laughs) uh, whose interests are neither cool and super mainstream nor edgy and counterculture and underground uh, like ourselves. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, we're we're, we're neither one of those. No, yeah, Um, we're not. But like we, we kinda occupy this weird other space of like simultaneous self consciousness and self-defeating, um, self-defeating tendencies because that's Daffy. This movie's yeah. Daffy. Mm-hmm. Uh Daff- Daffy's for you, Daffy's for us, and this movie is for Daffy. <laughs> um he he totally embraces that side of himself and that's how he saves the day and saves his friend. Um and yeah, there there's totally a follow through of like you could you could say like space jam is the bugs to this movie's Daffy.
1: Okay. That in that, yeah.
0: that that comparison is unfair to bugs because it's aligning him with the space Jam. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you get my you get I my do, point. I do, I do. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna coin a term here, which has probably been coined, but I think the um what you're trying to get at here with our taste and where it falls between these the, the these two binaries here, I think our taste, I'm gonna I'm gonna coin this term is liminal culture.
0: Liminal culture is good. Um, when I first wrote this blurb in our notes, I was thinking like, oh, the third way, but I didn't want to use the term third way.
1: <laughs> so, so liminal, liminal culture is, that's good. I like that a lot. Right. That's us. Um, so yeah. if any of you failed children out there enjoy liminal culture, like, uh, Looney Back in Action, um, mm-hmm. keep listening to this podcast. I think liminal culture is kind of, uh, the, the undercurrent of this podcast yeah. for sure.
0: The sub the subtitle, if
1: you will. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um but um, yeah, yeah, thank you uh for uh sticking it out with us. Uh this uh this hare brained film. Oh I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's all folks.
1: <laughs> Bye.
2: Go home, home, folks.